Good morning and welcome to Breakthrough City Church or here in Breakthrough City Church Church. To those of you that are joining us online, our extended family, hi there to you guys and to anyone just listening to this well after the time. The Lord has an appointment with your hearts. And what I want to talk to you about this morning is divine purpose. Divine purpose. We've been sharing a lot about reformation of, this, of society, the seven mountains, the reform that is needed. Lebs even shared last week as well about reformation. And I want to talk to you this morning about the reformation of the hearts. And about that, our divine purpose. Are you ready? Let's go. So um, South Africa is known for its exports. We... we um, Send a lot of good produce outwards. Um, probably we are known for our wine and our fruit and other things. Um, but I actually happen to be reading, interestingly enough, that the Dutch, I don't know if they still are, but one, we're one of the main importers of South African fruit. And they have this word, loke. It's like our word, lacquer. Lacquer. It's good. It's nice. Loke. So they get our loke fruit. And um, I bought a bag of pears a little while back. And the first one that I bit into was like, oh, it was chewy. Oh, yum. It was just so, oh, sure, we're so lucky we send all our best fruit, you know, to the other part of the world. Unfortunately, it got better, but you always buy a bag wondering what it's going to taste like. Even if you buy it, your more upmarket stores, it's, I don't know, sometimes it's just, it's not quite, you know, the other side are getting the nicer stuff. So enjoy it out there. <laughs> so I want to talk to you a little bit about how we are the export of heaven, our hearts. We are God's precious and prized export. I want to just read you a quote from one of our modern-day generals, and it reads like this, Kingdom health experienced on the inside of the believer is to be exported to shape the world around us. And we know God's busy with both at the same time, right? We've been hearing about how our lives, where we are, in the university, the school, the workplace, the neighborhood, wherever we are, we are there to bring reform. And we are bringing the reform that is busy happening in our hearts. It's not like we have to be perfect before we can mean anything for the Lord. No, no. But it's an ongoing process of reform in our hearts and that coming outward and reforming everything around us. Amen. So we are heaven's best export. Tell your neighbor, you are heaven's best export. Yes, amen. All right, so um, the quote mentions kingdom health. And I want to just dig into that a little bit as we focus in on, on what that health should look like and the person of Jesus, how he lived kingdom health because he came to live in relationship with the Father that reform. He came to live the example for us as a man in relationship with God led by Holy Spirit. And so let's just look at that um, for a couple of minutes. I want to speak about three things under this heading of kingdom health. One is being transformed. The second one is being like Jesus. And the third one is prospering. Okay. So if we're talking about the word transform, it means to change. To reform means to make over. You make it again. You make it new. So transform is what happens in us, the change. 
And that transformation comes to the outside where we reform and we make new. Right? On earth as in heaven. Good. I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures. There's about five or six. So I'm just going to literally read um, the references and then the scriptures. So maybe you can just take notes and just go read them at home because I'm going to go through them fairly quickly. So this is about transform, the change happening inside of me. Here we go. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of our Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is spirit. All right, there's so much in there, you can just do a sermon on each one, but we won't, okay. Romans 8 verse 29, for he knew all about us before we were born and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. Romans 12, 2, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. James 1 verse 4, and then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. Ephesians 1.18, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is, the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. Right now, I'm sure you could go through the Bible and get a zillion more, but I just had these few on my heart as we're describing this thing of kingdom health and what healthy on the inside looks like. And that's the transformation that God planned for us all along because we were made in his image. All right, so that's transform. The second point is to be like Jesus. All right. Now, these are not things that we don't know this morning, but we're just setting up a little bit of a foundation. So stay with me, okay? What would Jesus do? Okay, the famous question. Okay. So this is more about how the transformation in him reformed the world around him. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20. For the kingdom realm of God comes with power and not simply impressive words. Mark 16, verse 15, 17, and 18. And he said to them, As you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will heal them. Matthew 10, 8, you must continually bring healing to lepers and those who are sick and make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people and raise the dead back to life. Freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. All right, now if I can just read Matthew 10, 8 in the New King James, it's, you know, New King James is so like prophetic, you know, the, the Passion Translation is very poetic. So let me just remind you what that sounds like. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. 
And I still look forward to conference this weekend where the Lord's going to stir more of this in us. But this is what a healthy Christian looks like. This is part of the export, is that these things are taking hold of me in my life, becoming so much part of me that they're coming out of me and bringing transformation outwards. And then I'm just going to tag on the whole thing about prospering. I won't go into detail with it now, but 3 John 1 verse 2, beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way and that you continually enjoy good health as your soul is prospering. And yes, we can read that as, as um, physical health, but I wanted to say that the Lord's busy with the health inside of our hearts in this year. He's really going deep with us, even as we heard the words just now about the wineskin and the new wineskin for the new wine. There's something fresh God is doing, but that there's a process he has us in. Right, so kingdom health is transformation happening on the inside. It goes to the outside where I reform everything around me. And this is what it really means to prosper. That doesn't mean that every day is sunshine and roses, but hey, I've got, I've got tools to get through those days as well. God is that good. All right. So that's just a little bit of a foundation. And what we're really talking about is the measure of Christ in you and me. The first lot of scriptures where we spoke about transformation had a lot to do with the image and the likeness and the transforming into, into Christ in us, who he is in us and growing in that. So it's this measure of Christ that is growing in you and me that is actually the important thing. This is how God measures success. Is the measure of Christ that he finds in me. And we have many other little boxes and things to go and measure it by, not necessarily all wrong, but for God, he measures success through how much of Christ is growing inside of me. All right, not a paycheck, not a position, not a list of accomplishments, not a relationship, not those things. Those are all part of life and living, but God does not look at that and measure our success, and neither should we. Okay, more of that later. Okay, so let's just say that true success is seen in the soul that's come alive with divine purpose. We're all here for a specific purpose on earth, but our divine purpose is really to become like Christ. That's the long and the short of it, peeps. Okay. When we lose sight of this, we start to look at ourselves from our own perspective and guess what we are going to find. We're going to find ourselves wanting. Who's seen Night's Tale? You've been weighed and you've been found wanting. <laughs> okay. We're going to find ourselves wanting, failing. We're going to seem insignificant. We will become disconnected. We're going to feel hopeless. Why? Because we look at ourselves through our own eyes and our own measure of what we call success. And what do we find? Not nearly enough. And that's always going to be true if we look from that perspective. But then what happens is we start to become less worthy or even worthless to ourselves. And you know what that does? That affects everything. That affects how we handle resources, finances, relationship, even our own self-identity. You know, it, it starts to affect everything because we start to look at ourselves from a perspective of what we lack or, or where lack is around us, whatever you want to put in place of that word lack. Right, now, that creates an internal bondage, okay? And from that can stem things like fear, anxiety, coping mechanisms, maybe spending habits, decision-making, you know, you start to think, I vow never to, you know, I will never be like my whatever. <laughs> or 
or I will never share again. I will, you know, you, you start to think, okay, tot hiertoe en nie verder nie, nie? All right, meaning the buck stops, yeah. <laughs> right, so certain things start to come out of our mouths. And I, I know that I'm talking to people that understand healthy boundaries here today. But it's recognizing that, that areas in our lives that are not healthy because we've started to look at those areas from our, our place of lack have an, an outworking. We start to get bondaged internally, all right? And what happens is then we need an external, like, stopper. All right, we need some sort of external, I don't want to call it bondage, but, but something to kind of help us control what's going on on the inside. So either that's like, I never show emotion, or thank goodness there's a limit on my credit card, and I start living with external bondage because of what's going on on the inside. And where did that start? By looking at my life and thinking, I don't have enough, or I am not enough, or there just generally is not enough. <laughs> Some way where I've bought into that lie and I've partnered with it, it's produced bondage on the inside. And I really believe this is what the Lord is going after in this year is where are those places where, where, your, where your vision has gotten stuck on this earthly plane where you have tried to measure your success and find yourself wanting. So God's going after that. It's awesome. It's good news. No, it's not solemn. This is wonderful because he loves us as sons and he will challenge us out of those places and to become the people he's called us to truly be. Amen. But now to try and fix things, um, information is not going to be enough. Who knows? You cannot guilt yourself into being a better person. You can try, but it's not going to last. All right, you can put certain measures there and say, I will and I will not. And let me tell you, you know, I will never. And here you're going to come nevering like you've never, never before. Why? Because in ourselves, we do not carry the capacity to, to make the change. Now, I'm not talking about with certain things, there, there is work, right? With certain maybe negative thought patterns, it's work to retrain your brain to think. There are, there are certain things that are our job, but that internal change is never going to happen until the Holy Spirit encounters your heart and my heart. No amount of information. You can sit your Sunday after Sunday. You can listen to message after message, and you're not going to change. Not because you don't want to. With all your heart, you want to, but heck, it's just not happening. And the harder you try, the more religious and heavy it feels, and the more you feel like you're not cutting it and not getting there, and the more discouraging it becomes. And it's kind of this catch-22. And the Lord is saying, no, that is not your portion, and that is not what I've, what I've put out for you in life. He's saying, no. Right, so Holy Spirit, invite him. Come and encounter me. You know, if, if you go and look at your places where you can definitely identify lack, and all of us would probably have a list, <laughs> then those are the areas where God's actually inviting you. Step into who you truly are. Because you know what? Supernatural is not what happens to you and me. It's not like, oh, I pray for a healing and suddenly the supernatural flowed through me and they got healed. Supernatural is who I am because of who I carry. I carry Christ in me. Therefore, I am supernatural. I have access to the things that I need that I don't have, whether that's self-confidence, whether that's finance, whether that's wisdom. We were praying for the dads this morning for wisdom and for patience and for all the things that they need. Bless you, dads. But you know what? We, we carry his precious Holy Spirit within us that speaks to every lack and every need and makes us equal and grows us. And yes, sometimes that's a journey. It's very rarely just an overnight thing. Because God's busy with the process. Okay. 
need to just catch up quickly. There was something important I didn't want to miss here. Right, so Holy Spirit, he is given to us to coach us, to counsel us, to teach us, to defend us. You know, to, he's our seal and our confidence in the fact that God has called us, that we belong to him. Right, so life with Holy Spirit, we cannot do without. We can't. We can't. We really have to be engaging, I believe, even more in this time with Holy Spirit. He is so much more than just the tongue that comes out of our mouth, the spirit language. He's a person, and he's who Jesus sent in his place. All right, that is constantly reminding us. All right, just go dig into your word a bit and do a Holy Spirit study. Just refresh yourself. Holy Spirit's the one that comes to remind us of what Jesus said, what Jesus did, what Jesus stood for, what Jesus won for us. Holy Spirit is just... He's there. He's there for us. Let's just really tap into that relationship. And I was saying now now that, you know what, there's this tension on the journey, right? So now we're trusting and we're praying, but we don't always see perhaps it's a financial breakthrough come when we feel we need it or expect it. You know, we sort of look on this earthly plane and yes, we need, we need, um, Certain things, we need money to pay bills and to buy food and to do things. But just perhaps in an area where we were trusting the Lord to have broken through already and it hasn't come, there's tension in that, right? There's also mystery in that. We don't always understand. But you know, God is not late and he's busy with the process. We might not just understand with our head. But what he gives us when we cannot understand or when we don't have answers is his peace that passes understanding. Right? So that's part of the Christian faith is, <laughs> I just want to see, oh, yeah, I'm getting to that. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Is, it's called the Christian faith, not the Christian knowing or the Christian doing or the, the Christian everything falls into place all the time. It's called the Christian faith. And this is where I just want to dig in a little bit now, just a couple of topics where as we journey with God, what are some of the things that can help be those guardrails to make sure that, that when things are not going according to plan, I don't miss the plot, I don't miss what God has for me, not as a fear, but just because there's more and, and he wants that for us. How do I stay in step with God even in that difficult space, time, season? And let me get into that now. A couple of um, headings over here. I'm going to speak about faith, purpose, and then history with God. Are you tracking with me still? You're good? Okay. Great. So let me speak to you a little bit about faith. Now we know that um, there's that famous scripture, Hebrews 11, that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We know that faith is a substance. Charles has preached about it many times. But do you know that it's a substance that drives behavior? All right, if there was a little drone that was sort of going to and like follow you around to work and at home, that drone could compute, this is where this person's faith level is. <laughs> Not as a bad thing, but like literally, um, if, you, if you think about your own actions and reactions, it's talking to you about where your level of faith is, all right? And I want to just tag on with Hebrews 11.1 1 in the Amplified. It defines faith as it comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses, I'm going to read that to you again because this is really important. Faith, if you go and read Hebrews 11.1 1 in the Amplified, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by physical senses. Right? So sometimes we, that's going to be the goodness of God to you and me. And Lord, it, it's so just, it just does not feel like goodness right now because I can't see it. I can't see the evidence. And does the Lord want to bring it? He does. But he's busy with a journey that looks different for every one of us. So... 
that helps us to comprehend as fact. God, I know that you're good. That's a fact to me, even though I can't see with my senses what that looks like right now. Because in my head, I've got a version of what it should look like. But I'm seeing it on this plane of the natural way, where there's no way to meet the lack. And he's like saying, hey, but you're not just natural. You are super natural. Look at your neighbor and say, super natural. Good, you're not sleeping today. That's good, me neither. <laughs> All right, so how we think and behave is the fruit of our spiritual lives, okay? So where I see these areas of look at your biggest challenge right now and recognize the invitation to step into your super, who you truly are. And I know so often I get upset and angry when, when I've planned a thing and it can't work out or there aren't enough hours in a day and then I've got to step back and remind myself, but Candace, it's not all about your plan, girl. I've got to step back and just realize, Lord, you're busy with something different here. What, what is it that you're doing or what do I need to know about the situation? Okay. Romans 10 verse 17 reads, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Right, so the word of God coming at me, coming to my heart through what you might hear here on a Sunday as you're reading your Bible with him devotionally, one-on-one, -on -one, just as he would speak to you as you're driving your car, because God is always speaking. So the different ways that God speaks to my heart, the, the different ways his word comes to me, helps me to hear according to how much authority I give that word. And that's also sometimes why we might sit here and not see the change we really desperately desire to see is because we're so full of word, but the word has zero authority. So when this problem or this issue comes up or comes up again and again and again, we're like, <gasps> you know, we get caught up in our, in our natural level of lack and it starts to, you know, it gets the, zzz, the button gets pressed and there the reaction goes, you know? And that's where we've got to just take a step back and say, yes, that was the old me, but you know what, Lord, there's a better way. And how would you have me think about this? And that's sometimes where the work comes in, of literally having to rethink about something. I know how I would normally stress about this, but I'm going to make a choice not to. <gasps> I'm not going to stress. I'm going to make some spaghetti bolognese. I'm going to watch something really funny. I'm going to read some ridiculous dad jokes. You know, sometimes you've just got to do the work of... <laughs> I see that smile. Um, you've just got to do the work of what you need to do. Okay. So this is basically what we're talking about when we talk about faith is it's a substance and it comes from God's word to us that we actually allow to change how we think, how we feel. Because this is the very transformation that has to happen on the inside of you and me. All right, we, We've got to learn how to think like God. And these areas of lack are invitations to think like God. If you forget everything else I say today, remember that. Remember those three words, think like God. God. Okay. And this is kind of um, summarizing it. Okay. Just um, as we live in this place of tension, sometimes we are living from a place of victory in a particular area. And in other areas, we are living to the place of victory because all of us sitting here will say, hey, I haven't arrived yet. Y'all, me neither. So great. Let's journey together. So sometimes I'm coming from a place of peace about something, and other times it's taking a whole lot more discipline to live to that place. I know I'm going there, but I'm not there yet, but I celebrate the 2% progress that I saw in my life this week, and I'm, I'm pursuing that place of peace that passes understanding. All right, so sometimes it's from a place, sometimes it's to a place. Be okay with the tension, the messy middle. Okay, the mystery, it's okay. 
God's working with a plan. Right, that's about faith. Let me talk to you a little bit about purpose. Now, without a revelation of our divine purpose, we don't understand the whys of what we go through. And I think all of us can sit here with very legitimate questions. Lord, why? Lord, why not? <laughs> all of us. And you know what? It's, it's okay to take that question, but never as an accusation. Why not, Lord? As if you and I really know better. You know, I've, I've had those conversations. And then I've got to remember his ways are higher. <laughs> but if we don't understand the whys, then literally obedience becomes like a survival technique. And we can obey God. We can be doing exactly what the Lord told us to do. And this is something I've been working through in my life. You can be doing exactly what the Lord told you to do very thoroughly, very efficiently, and yet you are not thriving, you're surviving. Really, there are areas in my own life God's busy challenging me on in this. And just obeying God to survive spiritually, you know, is like it's literally going to a job to earn money so that you can pay bills at the end of the month. And I know sometimes it feels like, oh, oh, oh my goodness. You know, it just feels like that's, that's more what life, life is. But let's just trust God for the more that he wants to do, even in those situations that feel like that. So obedience is just the survival technique where, where there's not a deeper understanding of the divine purpose. Hey, God, you are busy forming Christ in me. I need to tap into the super inside of my natural. I need to think like you, Lord. We, this is an opportunity to do that. How do I do that? What does this look like for me? Don't compare your journey to someone else's. It's your journey. It's your journey. You do what God is putting on your heart to do. And you know what? He, he puts people around us to remind us what we carry. He puts people around us to help us along the journey. It's one of our greatest tools is this family sitting here. All right? And, and, and until you actually pull someone closer, you are you're islanding all alone. <laughs> and that's also a thing that God never intended. He put us in a family because grace is released when we come together. I, was, I had an appointment with someone in the week, and they said, how are you doing? And I said, oh, well, honestly, I'm, you know, these are a couple of things I'm working through, and I was just sharing out my life. And she said to me, wow, that's actually ministering to me right here. Just, just in the last five minutes, as you shared, what, what you're going through is ministering to my life. And I wasn't necessarily sharing, oh, you know, I've arrived, and I'm doing so well because I got through this thing. I was, I was just sharing, hey, this is something I'm really having to work through with the Lord. And this is what he's challenging me on. And as I'm sharing my life, hey, she's saying, wow, this is ministry for me. I needed to hear this this morning. And again, you realize, wow, you know what? Nothing we go through is just for ourselves. And, you know, it's not like God puts us through it just so that someone else can benefit. You know, no, it's first for you and me, but it's also for those around us. It's just so powerful. That's where the Bible says, um, but when you refresh someone else, you will experience refreshing. And that was not even intentional. That, that just happened. It was so amazing. Right, so our divine purpose is for us to become like Jesus. All right, and we expect blessings to be stuff. Thank you for your blessings, Lord. And oh, they lack her. Whose love language is gifts? Who's a, who's a gift? Don't be, don't be shy. Come on, people are looking for when it's your birthday. Right, some of us sitting here love to experience gifts as a, as a love language. And... Um, like, like, it's not wrong. It's not wrong to have those heart desires and to be trusting God for things. But ultimately, blessings are not stuff. It's Him. When we have Him, we have all that we need. Oh, and yes, it's okay. It's okay to have that bucket list and that, 
you know, list of things you desire. But when we have him, we have all. 1 Corinthians 3, 21, 23. Let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death, all things present or things to come, all are yours. And you are Christ's and Christ is God's. When we have him, we have all. Amen. It's so precious. But now that we've received this precious gift of Christ, we have no reason to think or act as if we lack. He knows what we need and he knows when we need it and he's faithful and he's good. And there is, you know what, if we're entertaining thoughts like that, then those thoughts are not in the heart of the Father or the head of God. And so we should say, return to sender. Okay, send that package back. Right, let me just lastly speak to you about history with God. We spoke a bit about um, faith, purpose, and I want to talk to you about history with God. Because this is also something incredibly personal. You know, something you read out of the word, hear out of the word, it's God speaking to you. But many times it's, it's, it's someone else's journey. But history with God is your journey. It's your relationship with him. I just want to remind you, um, in Mark 8, I think it's verse 14 to 21, um, the disciples are basically fighting over who forgot to buy lunch. Jesus is trying to tell them about unleavened, you know, the, or the, the yeast of the Pharisees, the leaven of the Pharisees. He's trying to give them a little teaching on the boat, and suddenly they're like, who was supposed to bring lunch? We don't have enough bread on the boat. And what have they just seen? Jesus feeds the 5,000. Jesus feeds the 4,000. And now they're worried about lunch. And Jesus says to them, how can you not understand? Like, like, like are you not getting it yet? You're not getting it yet. So, you know, whenever God does something supernatural or there is a miracle, it's never just about the thing in itself. Jesus was trying to help them recognize who they, who they were, who they'd been made to be. This is how you live life because. And they were like, mm. And so whenever God does a miracle and whenever we share a testimony, it's never just about the thing. It's the thing, and then God does something, but what did that, how did that impact you and me? Because even the disciples saw these amazing things, and they were unchanged. And this is not a, this morning, this is an encouragement of, you know what, when you're trusting the Lord, even if you've trusted him in the past and he's come through, don't just go, Lord, thank you for your provision, and thank you for the timing of that, and thank you for the restoration of that. Lord, what was it speaking to my heart about, about who you are, and who I am in you? Because it's meant to wake up more and more and more of Jesus in me every time he does something like that. Right? So that's part of our history with God. What, where has he come through? And don't just look at the thing. Look at his face. What am I learning about you? How have I grown? How am I going to do it differently next time? Because there's going to be a next time. Okay. Right. So, so these things that we go through in life, we can treat as little individual incidences. And that provision or that um, restoration, whatever it was we were trusting for, can be like a plaster. <laughs> it just sort of covers the thing. Not, not in itself, because we know God's sovereign and, and he's doing an amazing work. But for us, it can seem just like a little plaster, rather than allowing God to go and do the deep work in our heart that he wants to. So let's, let's go for the deeper things. Let's, let's give him, that, give him our, our, our choice and say, yes, Lord, I choose you. Because until we give him that, we don't have it. Oh, he doesn't have it, sorry. <laughs> All right, we need to give him our choice and say, yes, I choose you. And I choose to believe and I choose to grow. Because if we don't give that to him... The heart is not ready, and we're going to hear and hear and hear, and nothing is going to happen. No change is going to come. We're just going to keep hitting these circumstances and responding in the same way, and God wants us to 
be our supernatural selves. The world is counting on us. Okay, so that's a little bit about just relationship with God, um, history with God, rather. And I just want to share a little bit about my life, just out of my life, um, where I've been going through just a stage lately where I've, I've been doing the measuring thing and thinking, mm. it looked a little different according to my plan, Lord. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> you know, like, like what about and where about and, and what about like where I've tried and, you know, where, where things haven't worked out. You know, I, I think we, we get to these points where it's like, mm. and that's, I think we will get there, but how we handle it is very important. And the Lord just started to speak to me about certain scriptures that he'd highlighted through my life. And they just started to remind me. I, I just read them, and it just it really started to, again, I could just feel my mind becoming new again. You know, it doesn't matter how long you've walked with the Lord. That's why it's like, like, renew your mind. Like, it's make it new again and again and again and again and again. Transform. Keep up with a renewed mind, because if we don't, then... You know, we, we, we will get to a place where we're going to run out of muscle memory Christianity or just going through the motions because this is what we're used to and that's not going to be enough anymore. It's got to be something on the inside, not the outside. So it can start off as a guardrail to make sure that you don't go off the road, but somewhere it has to internalize. And these were three scriptures I felt the Lord spoke to me and said, hey, but this is your history with me and this is what you've internalized. And let me just quickly read them for you. The first one is Proverbs 30 verse 5. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Uh, the Passion Translation version that was New King James, Passion Translation reads, Every promise from the faithful God is pure and proves to be true. He's a wraparound shield of protection for all his lovers who run to hide in him. Right, so it's, it's really just trusting the word of God and, and he shields me from the doubt or the confusion or the whatever wants to come at me and his word actually literally shields me from that. And this was a little like a little plastic plaque that my brother and I received when we left Zimbabwe way, way back. And the church we were attending gave my brother and I these little little plaques. And my mom would always hang it on our cupboard doors. So we would see it every morning. And I remember I remember every house I lived in and every bed I slept in. And I remember where that plaque moved around. And and I didn't realize it, but it was translating. It was writing on the tablet of my heart. Every word of God is pure. And he's a shield to those who put their trust in him. And I was like, Lord, that is just so amazing. And I was talking to my mom recently, and she said, you know what? And she shared a testimony of how that even spoke to her. It spoke to her life. The thing that was given to me that was hanging there on my little cupboard door spoke to her. And, you know, God's always just doing more than we know and more than we think. So that was one of the scriptures. The second one, very well known, Jeremiah 29, verse 11 this kind of hit me somewhere where I was a teenager. I remember sitting in church and I had my Bible out and it was something that I highlighted. And it actually stood out for me for the first time. It was like, ding, something hit my spirit in my little teen brain. And that went with me through my teenage years. The other one was more my childhood. And teen years was more Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. And again, it's like the Lord was reminding me, Candace, this is something you've actually internalized. This is something, because I had an interesting sort of high school era <laughs> with things going on in my personal life. And it was just like the Lord reminded me that my plans are good for you. Not just my plans, but my thoughts. So, you know, when I'm having a problem with my thinking, I can go and, you know, I can go and do a retrieval. Thank you, Lord. What are you thinking? I can think what you're thinking over my life. And then the third scripture 
is Philippians 3.12. This was more my student years. That kind of, I also still remember I was, I was driving down Parfit Road there by the flowers. And somewhere I'd heard the scripture and it was just coming up again and again in the space of like a week. And somewhere it just hit my heart. Philippians 3.12. Not that I have already obtained it, this goal of being Christ-like or have already been made perfect, but I actively press on so that I may take hold of that perfection for which Christ Jesus took hold of me and made me his own. And that scripture is so powerful. It speaks about forgetting the past, looking forward to the future, and just drawing from what is above. And it was like the Lord started to speak to me about these three scriptures in particular and reminded me, but Candace, this is part of you. This is, these are things you've actually, that you live even now your life on. And that's just where the Lord speaks to each of our hearts so personally. So what is your history with him? Maybe you're still building it. All right, so you guys over there, go for it. Well, see, uh, you know what? You're building precious history with God even now, even times that you may not think you are. He's writing things on your hearts. And so we can all look back and really just take a hold of, Lord, what have you been writing on my heart? Because I can treat them as guardrails so that I don't make the wrong decision and I can obey but I'm just surviving, you know? And I think there are times where we like, okay, Lord, I'll do it because you tell me, but that's not a place to camp. I think we, we process through things. We're people, right? It gets a bit messy, but that's not a place to camp. It's a place where if you feel you're going through, don't stop, you know? Please don't go camp there. Find what the Lord is writing on your hearts because it's precious. So faith, purpose, history with God. These are really, really powerful things. Yeah, and I just want to, I think that's just the, the essence of what I wanted to download there. But just let me just say in closing, that if we want to experience a true soul revolution or reformation, that we need to leave the poverty of earth behind and seek the abundance of heaven. You know, when we, when we look around on the earth, we're always going to see things that aren't as they should be, aren't as they could be, are so far removed from where they ought to be that it looks hopeless. But when we look from our natural perspective, we're always going to see the poverty and the lack. And God is saying, lift your vision higher. You know, if you've let your gaze fall, lift up your vision one more time. Look to the abundance of heaven. Invite it in. Let that be an authority in what you are going through, in what you're feeling, and how you are responding. Let the word be your final authority. Because that's going to form Christ in you. And that, folks, is the number one thing that we are living for is to have Christ formed. Without a mind that thinks like God, expects like God, sees like God, we're going to be caught up in these places of lack. But there's an invitation for more. There's a guy, his name is um, Jervis Campbell. He's a musician. It's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but he sings the song, Teach Me to Dance. And the whole song is, Teach Me to Dance so I can dance with you. And you know what? Rather than it being a struggle... Say, Lord, what are the dance steps? You know, sometimes we've got to dance on our disappointment and on our struggle. And if you need to go home and just do a little dance today, go do that. You know, just as a prophetic action. But we're saying, Lord, teach me to dance so I can dance with you. Teach me how to think like you, God. Because that's going to grow the Christ in us. And that's going to take the, the, the transformation on the inside and translate it to reformation on the outside, which is... What also needs to happen, right? If we get stuck here, we're never going to get out there, okay? And it's going to be so amazing. All right, let's just go for it. 
So let's think bigger. Let's see with God. Let's dream with God. Let's work on our relationship with him, okay, and our purpose. Let's just keep reminding ourselves of who he is and growing to become like that. And then just saying, yes, but Jesus, you're my all. I have you, so I have all, okay. Paul made, if you want to just go and do a bit of a study as well, Philippians 4 is amazing. I'm not going to go into that now, but Paul made choices. It's all Paul, Paul. Paul made choices based on Christ's resources within him. All right, it's a real, he went through a few things. I think we can, we can learn from him. Go and make that a study. And let's practice accessing abundance. Let's practice accessing abundance. Just as the Amplified read that it, it discerns, faith discerns as fact what the physical senses cannot yet see or hear or, or pick up. And let's access that. Let's allow this to become our reality. Let's invite this to become something fresh in our hearts. I think most of us sitting here have walked quite a road with the Lord. And let's just allow this freshness to come of what he's doing. And just to say, yes, Lord, there's something divine on the inside of me. There's a purpose beyond the here and the now and what I see. And thank you for that, Lord. All right. Let's just pray. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for Jesus. And thank you for Holy Spirit. Thank you that you haven't left us alone. But that you have given us everything that we need for life and for godliness. Oh, Lord, and our lives are just... Lord, we just want to commit afresh to live our lives for you, to grow in you, Jesus, to become who you designed us to be, to live in that purpose so that the world can know that you are good, just as we do. Thank you for that incredible privilege. Thank you that when we have you, Lord, we have all. So we just lift our gaze up again, and we look to the abundance of heaven, Lord, and all that you've made available to us, in us, and through us, and we say yes. And we move forward with you with excitement. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.